Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, we're back. Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Today I'm joined, as is per the usual, by my captain, my co-host, a man whose first successful exit came from an annually invoiced cash upfront ICE subscription service in Alaska. Welcome to the program, Ian. If you stick around to the end, we'll share with you one way to keep your eyes healthy, even during those long nights in front of your laptop, and our favorite new way to waste time on the interwebs as if we need another one. How are you doing today, Ian? What's the news in San Diego? Pretty good. Pretty good. Doing well. You got some hate last week on Twitter uh, because you were phoning in the podcast, man. What's up with that? Where were you last week? Why couldn't you show up for a podcast? Uh, I think I was riding motorcycles. Ouch. Yeah. So I was out riding motorcycles. I got myself a new bike out here, and uh, I actually went riding on Saturday and Sunday. Hit up the street bike on Saturday and the dirt bike on Sunday. Too so, cool. uh, Yeah, I actually got stuck in the woods this week, about 10 miles in, so that was pretty exciting. So you're putting some of the lifestyle into lifestyle business this week. Also had a 100K month. How? Did, what's the emotional fallout from that? I mean, we're on track to do over a million this year. Had our first 100K in turnover. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling. Um, I've got visions of uh, two mil now, so it's great. I mean, it was a goal that we set a while back, and now we've uh, accomplished it at least this month. And uh, we've got some new products rolling out in the next couple of months, so I'm I'm really excited about meeting our goal, and uh, it's it's super exciting. I mean, it means that we can uh, bring on more support, we can do more things. I mean, it's 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 going to be great. So I want to give a big shout to Dan Norris. Have, do you get a chance to see Dan? Norris's post over at a website designer.com.au. No, I haven't. Okay, so basically, uh, Dan gave a a really nice rundown of some successful podcasts that he enjoys listening to, and he brought up a lot of the techniques that we use that I didn't even really think that we were using. Um, but it was cool to like sort of read a really thoughtful review of what we're up to. Right, I did read this. Yeah, that was awesome. So we'll link you over to Dan's post. Thanks a lot for listening to the show, Dan. I appreciate your shout and your kind words. That's Boss Socks. Speaking of things that aren't said on other podcasts. I think you have to tell everybody what Boss Socks is because I was pretty confused about this. And, and when you first said it, I said, what? Boss Socks? So what are Boss Socks? Boss Socks, they're business socks. They're socks that bosses wear. <laughs> okay, so these are like the thin, these are like the thin socks. Yeah, buddy. So I'm just saying that, you know, it's just if if you one way to you know like a boss. That's what I'm saying. So that's boss socks. That's that's a way of Got saying it. that something is boss. This is boss socks. I'm making this boss stuff socks. up as I go. <laughs> we got we got a we got a question from listener Brad this week. Uh, the, Brad listened to an interview I did with Chris over at My Egg Noodles. We'll link you over to that interview. Actually, one of the most in depth interviews I've ever done about our product business. And he really drilled down on me like. We talked about packaging. We talked about specific negotiation techniques. We talked about specific marketing initiatives. I mean, it was really cool. It was very much meat and potatoes. So I encourage you to check that out. All right. So here's the basic uh, gist of the question that listener Brad's asking us. He's saying, you know, he's a hobbyist. He's an MMA fighter. Um, he's finding that the Muay Thai fighters 
aren't on Twitter. So the question is, is if you want to monetize your hobby, number one, how do you do that? And number two, where are you going to find your audience? So I'm saying, you know, if you if, don't market on Twitter, if your audience isn't on Twitter. So what are some strategies that we're using to find our audience? So I'll tell you my number one strategy is I always look where the money is. So if I'm going to get into the MMA market, I'm going to say, who's making money off of this stuff? And I'm going to start going there. I mean, one of the things that newbies tend to do is they look at a bunch of competition and they get scared by that. They're like, oh, man, there's all these people playing in the space. I see that as a good sign. I mean, that's an, that's an opportunity. There. There's a lot of people making a living off of that. You can consolidate what they're doing, come in with a better service. So you can take a chunk of that change home for yourself. Boom. Yeah, we just put down a bunch of money on a new market that's got quite a bit of players. I mean, this is like four or five pretty big players in there. And so, you know, you can't, I'm nervous about it, but it, you know, there's, there's going to be money involved in that market. Sure. So, I mean, Hey, you know, I don't have any specific examples of MMA fighters, but Hey, if they're not hanging out on Twitter, what magazines are they reading? What blogs are they going to find a way to build relationships with those people? Of course you want to build up your own distribution channel. You know, you want to have your own site, you want to have your own blog, your own publishing platform, whether that's a podcast or a blog or whatever. But, you know, that's not going to be good enough. You're going to have to go and develop partnerships with people that have that distribution, that have that audience, find ways to provide them with value. You know, as publishers, bloggers, online uh, marketers, we're always looking for great content. So if you can find a way to supply that, Brad, you're going to find your way to their audience. And that's a nice little seg into the meat and potatoes today. Ian, I want to talk about the Dow of Hustle today. So I was just thinking a lot about Hustle this week because I've been seeing a lot of I just wanted to define what what it meant what it means to be a hustler because everybody's always saying right. you know oh what am I doing this week well I'm hustling and I'm tweeting about the fact that I'm hustling and I'm a, I'm hustling this week and that's kind of like everybody gets universal nods like everybody's like yep he's hustling that's good and sometimes I I right. question, I question you know um what do you, what do we mean here what do we mean by hustling because I don't necessarily think that when people say they're hustling, they're necessarily doing the things that a hustler would do. We're going to talk about the six principles that make up our Dow of the hustle. And, uh, you know, these are some things that I think uh, if you follow this, you'll be a true hustler and not just some guy who's sitting in front of a laptop for 16 hours a day. Number one, hustlers build skills by aggressively pursuing discrete and relatively ambitious goals, not by reading books or blogs. This is back to the hustlers learn by doing. So nothing against reading books and blogs here, but the hustler isn't reading books and blogs to perfect this craft, right? He or she is out there on the streets, in the fields, doing whatever it takes to be that hustler, right? To learn that craft, to become successful. That's exactly it. And we're talking about craftsmen here. You know, you can't just be some guy who has all the right opinions about something. You absolutely need to be in the field implementing this stuff, making it happen. That's the difference. That's that's the hustle right there. That's the difference. What's the alternative of a hustler? Is it a chump? Sucker? Sucker MC? I'm not sure. <laughs> like what Venkat says on Ribbon Farm, they could be like the economic losers. Um, so you're talking about chumps, you're talking about losers, you're talking about... Sucker MCs. You know, somebody that wouldn't get along with the hustlers is kind of these guys that just have a lot of ideas about the way that things should be, you know, and not necessarily having action behind those things. Right. So uh, I'd say hipsters. hipsters. Hipsters are the opposite of hustlers. I hate corporations sent from my iPad. <laughs> yeah, classic. 
<laughs> Number two, hustlers take 100% responsibility for everything and everyone in their networks. And as a corollary to this principle, hustlers make everything easy on you. It's always no sweat for a hustler to get something done. What do you mean? I like what that. do you mean about taking 100% responsibility for everything and everyone in their networks? Especially, this is true. I think in our organization, it's really important that we take responsibility for everyone in our network and on our payroll. So, if they're not succeeding for our company, then we're not succeeding. So, I think it's it's important to identify or to kind of align yourself with everyone, you know, and to say, yeah. hey, if the, if this is working out, then we're not working out, and I take responsibility for that because I hired this person or I mentored this person or I created this position for this person. I mean, it's. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to make sure shit goes the right way. And that's part of the responsibility of being a hustler is yeah. uh, making sure that happens and being responsible. I see this specifically in like email verbiage quite a bit. Like I'll see um, somebody like identify a cause that's outside of themselves for the problem. And I feel like there's no, this is a common phrase we use, Ian, we say there's no margin in it. Like there's no margin in identifying a third party that caused a problem, right? At that point, it's like, all right, fine. Who cares where the problem came from? As the hustler, you're going to you're going to step up and supply some kind of direction forward. You're going to set you're going to use concrete verbiage about how that's going to get done, about how everybody's going to change, about what dates things are going to get done, and that's the way a hustler operates. It's 100% assumed responsibility. You just take it on, and I think that that is the hustle. Number three, right. related, hustlers speak simply. They speak persuasively. And they speak for you. One of the things I really like about this is they speak for you. And what I mean by that is like hustlers are willing to step up and be a leader and say, you know, like I'm not going to powwow and patty cake about this stuff all day long. I'm going to step up and say, this is how I think things should go. And this is the plan. And if you, that gives you like the other people in your network something to react to. Otherwise, it's just this constant right. powwow. I'm okay. You're okay. How do you feel? What do you want to do? When are you going to be there? This kind of stuff. That's not hustle talk. That's not people who get it done. They don't speak like that. So the other week, I uh, gave a presentation to a bunch of guys about a uh, project that we were pitching to their company. You know, we had to make certain, I wouldn't say assumptions, but we had to, we had to make uh, clear decisions about what we wanted to say. And uh, so part of that is just uh, taking responsibility. Uh, for what you're going to say and being able to back it up, right, with uh, concrete, uh, I guess, not really evidence, but uh, just concrete arguments, right? And so, uh, you know, on some of this stuff, it's just about making a, making a stand or, or, or taking a stand and having it not necessarily be right or wrong, but having it be a point uh, of conversation for people. So at least right. you have a, a, a way forward. That's a great point. I, I, I listened to Derek Sivers on Mixergy the other day, and he had this great point where it's like, Hey, just step forward and say something boldly. And it, he was like saying that this guy who was like arguing against the technicality of his argument was missing the point, which is like, all right, it's fine. But the point is, is that I could have like stepped forward with all these qualifications and everything. But because I stepped forward and said something like simply and cleanly, like this is a perspective. That's something that then you can react against. If you're just going to be somebody who's like trying to foster endless discussion about bullshit small points, you're not going to get anywhere. So, I mean, hustlers just don't have time for that kind of stuff. That's that's an interesting uh, distinction that you're making, and it's almost like the hustlers versus the academics, right? So the hustlers come out and they say something, and then the academics uh, sit there for uh, three weeks and argue about 
what if what you said was right or wrong or this or that. And the hustlers already moved on, right? Yes. So the hustlers kind of taken some information from the acad- academics and just like moved straight on to the next point. You know what I think is like the hustlers, like the Kool Aid Man, like he just like busts into the room, you know, and like breaks down the wall and like he like screwed up a lot of stuff, you know, he like screwed up your drywall. There's like all this crap on the floor, but he's in the room, right? And you're like back out in the yard looking at the Kool Aid guy, thinking. Uh, like that guy's copy kind of sucked and I don't like his approach and I don't like his style, but the whole Kool-Aid man's like, who cares, man? I'm in the room already. We can fix this drywall. That shit's relatively cheap. And I made the next step. And so I feel even like with myself, a lot of times I'm that guy, like analyzing the guy who broke down the wall and saying, oh, I wouldn't want to be like that or whatever. And it's like, you know what? That's not hustling. That's chumping. So I think that hustlers, you just bust through that wall and you say, Hey, I'm in the next room. I learned something important and now I'm going to fix things. I'm going to get to the next level. Number four, hustlers correlate their actions with results, but they're not hip to taking the credit. So I think it's really important that when you're acting as a hustler, you're ensuring that you're letting people know that what I'm doing is relational to concrete results. I mean, it's so important. Like, no one wants to hear the narrative of your workday, you know? People want to hear like why what you're doing matters, and and in business that means results. I can't tell you how many times uh, we get on the phone at the end of the day, which we do almost every day, and uh, you know, Dan, what did you accomplish today? Oh, I didn't accomplish shit. I mean, you know, Ian, what did you accomplish? I didn't accomplish anything, right? I mean, because it's really uh, you know in our brains tied to results. So if you didn't see any results, if you weren't on your way to results, yes, I feel like a lot of days I just waste all day, even though I might be doing tasks and answering questions and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So number five, hustlers never ask for anything more complicated than a yes. This is an important one. This might be the most important point that's just a takeaway for people that are trying to cut deals. I mean, so many people are trying to cut deals with me and they make it difficult. It's like, man, like if you're asking for resources or money or time or any of this stuff, like get it all set up so that all you need is for that person to say yes. I mean... That demonstrates that you're competent, that you care, and that you're willing to take responsibility. I mean, that's the hustle. I mean, even let me give you something so simple. Like the smallest deal possible, Ian, is getting a cup of coffee with somebody, right? Oh, this is a nightmare. You know, this whole question that everybody starts using, how about you feel about grabbing a cup of coffee sometime? Even if yeah, they, you say, know what my if they say the is? feel, like, what? okay, it's bad enough that you want me to figure out what beverage, or where we're going to be doing this, when we're going to be doing this, and even if I want to be doing this, but, but you want to know about my feelings too. <laughs> it's like, right. Jesus Christ, I got to write, write a five paragraph essay to this person about a cup of coffee. You know, it's, it's too much. Like, give me a yes. I'm going to be at Starbucks at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night. Are you, can you, could you swing by? It would be fun. And here's the reason. Just make it easy on me. Just make me say yes, man. Just, I don't, I don't want to have to, to do all this due diligence in order to, to engage in a deal with you. That's right. So I got an email this week. Hey, Ian, when can you stop by our office? I wrote back, I'm available Tuesday this time, Thursday this time, Friday this time. I gave him three days. Now, there's three days, like, they might not work, but at least he has the opportunity to come back and say, how about Monday at 12, right? Not, what time are you available this week? That's the worst question ever. Do you want to get some coffee this week? Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I think about this is, and one piece of advice I always give to people seeking investment as I say, think about your investment or your company or your opportunity or your anything as like a loaded up cargo ship or not a cargo. It's just like an exploration ship heading to South America to look for gold. Okay. It's like, 
it's it's leaving from Amsterdam and it's this it's this voyage that's riches await the other side of this voyage and you're the captain of the ship as the person asking for something from the financier on the docks and your crew's on that ship the rice is on the ship and you're leaving and i think this idea of like hey this is going to happen with or without you there's momentum to this idea there's an inevitability here like all we need is your basic sign off like we don't need your 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 input's fantastic but we don't need it it doesn't rely on any effort from you like this is a ship leaving the harbor for riches and we would love to have you and that's it it's just hussars only need a yes and i think this is one of the things that i see that people they're deferential to powerful people right so they think this guy's got a bunch of money this guy's got a bunch of influence why would i define for him something here's the thing about being an info entrepreneur definition is like the most difficult thing in the world i hate I absolutely, I don't have enough time to define for all of my uh, team members what to do, right? I just don't have enough time. And so the biggest thing that they can do for me is define what they're doing. And it's the same thing with investors. It's the same thing with anybody. And I think a lot of newbies make the assumption that because this person's powerful and busy and all this stuff and they have all this knowledge that I'll let them weigh in. I'll let them uh, define the terms of this. And then I'll get this. But what ends up happening is that they just ignore you, right? Because they're too busy to, to make yet another definition. There's so many things in my immediate scope of concern that I haven't yet defined. Now, if some non-sequitur person's going to come along and have me do more definition, I just don't have the resources for that. Totally. Totally agree with you. It's super hard to come up with good ideas in the first place. And then when you got to come up with them for everybody else. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a bad thing to rely on. Now, I don't want to say asking powerful people for good ideas isn't a good idea. In the right context, of course, when you're asking their advice or when you're interviewing them for your blog or whatever, that's great. But when you want to get money out of them or cut a deal with them, you know, you don't want to have them do all this upfront due diligence in order to get involved with the deal. And finally, Ian, number six, this is something you're intimately familiar with, Hussers invoice yeah buddy if you're not got an invoice if you're not doing anything important enough to issue an invoice after you're done doing it you're not a hustler and so i think the first question you got to ask yourself is what am i going to invoice here and how am i going to increase the volume of invoices i'm creating and that's just a throwaway comment but it's it's not so simple i mean you got to ask yourself so many people get involved in online business and they're not thinking about invoices they're thinking about subscribers, they're thinking about blog posts, they're thinking about opt-in forms, they're thinking about all this stuff that means nothing when it comes to getting it done and getting the hustle, you know, getting that money in your business. I mean, that's that's it, man. That's what it comes down to. Got to invoice. You got to invoice. So let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and we don't tell funny jokes section because we don't know any. So I got two quick tips here. Ian, have you installed the Reddit Enhancer plug-in into your Chrome browser, how has it wasted more time for you on the interwebs? Uh, yes, I have, Derp. And, uh, <laughs> Mr. Derp's a lot. <laughs> King of the Derpians. It is working quite well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you can customize your uh, feeds, your Reddit feeds. Actually, I just found a Reddit San Diego feed, which is pretty interesting. Maybe I'll meet some cool people on there. Um, so yeah, you can customize your Reddit feeds. So here's that. the thing, you know, install Reddit Enhancer if you're a Reddit user. If you're not a Reddit user, I actually would recommend it. I mean, I think 
Reddit is the coolest website on the web. I mean, it absolutely, um, it's a social news sharing site, but there's a broad range of like very specific kinds of topics. Like I follow funny, I follow memes, I follow philosophy, you're following San Diego. Like there's all kinds of interesting things that you can like plug yourself into and get involved in. And, you know, maybe better than almost anything else on the site is the sense of humor that Reddit users have is hilarious. I mean, you're going to get way more giggles out of a 10-minute session on Reddit than you would watching stand-up comedy on YouTube. So absolutely yeah. recommend becoming a Redditor. A lot, lot less raunchy than uh, 4chan, although I do like me some 4chan every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> we'll link C up to both of those sites. And finally, a quick tip from the new TMBA intern, uh, Amir, man, Amir is just a wealth. I, Amir is going to destroy our quick tip section. This guy is absolutely just a wealth, a fountainhead of knowledge. Anyway, turn me on to the Flux app. Flux works for both uh, Windows and Mac OS. It actually changes the color temperature of your screen uh, automatically when the sun sets. And so uh, you don't have that like bright white light on your computer that computers are designed to basically work in sunlight. And so um, Amir's point, which I'm not quite sure is, I'm not, I don't know the accuracy of this, is that computers could trick your brain into thinking it's still daytime if you're staring at them all night long. And so it basically changes the color temperature. I've used this for a couple of days. I actually really like the app. Uh, makes your screen warm and nice at night. And hey, it's a lightweight app. It's simple. It takes absolutely two seconds to install into your computer. So check it out if you're interested in being friendly on those eyes. How are your eyes, Ian? You got uh, prescription Coke bottles yet or what's going on over there? No, you know what the problem with my eyes is that I'm noticing is like uh, when I look at the screen for a long time and I try and look pretty far away, it takes like a good like five seconds to focus and I hear that's like the uh, the beginning of the end. So I'm trying to stretch my eyes. I'm trying to look up more often. That is, But uh, no, the, I think I'm good. I, think I can I'm hear good. I can hear taps on the bugle, buddy. It is the beginning of the end for you. In T-minus two years, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be all strapped up with the uh, with the prescription lenses. Oh, man, bald and with glasses. I'm so screwed. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week, Thursday, 8, what is it now, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is a new Lifestyle Business Podcast. Thanks for all the new iTunes reviews. We've got to get back to that next week. And we're selling OutsourceToThePhilippines.com. If you are interested in buying that blog from me, you better make me an offer and, like, buy this weekend um, because we're going to move that like it's hot. All right, guys, we'll meet you next week. Go make a cold call. Have some fun with it. We'll talk to you shortly. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.